Hi everybody, welcome back and thank you so much for joining. So good morning, good evening, namaste, hola, bonjour and maraban. This is Namya Joshi, your host for the day and welcome to the episode 23 of the podcast Each One, Teach Ten, an amazing world of STEM, an inspiring venture where we'll be discussing that STEM is part of every day for every kid. We also will learn together how to build a STEM culture. So we have somebody you've always been waiting for to come on my podcast. Guess who? Well, you already know, it's Miss Becky Keen. So how are you, Becky? How are you today? What's up? Hello, I'm good, thank you. It's Saturday morning here in the Seattle area of the United States. And I'm up talking to you. It's what got me out of bed this morning. Right and early. Oh, that's great. Good to hear that. So uh, I want to take the honor of introducing some of the work that Becky has done. So Becky Keene works as Director of Operations for Insight to Education, an education consultancy company. She also oversees the team of managers and professional learning specialists developing content for worldwide edtech companies as well as delivering training engagements and implementation planning for systemic change with major school systems around the United States and many more to come. So we would love to hear about more things you're doing, Becky. Thank you. Well, I just got back last night from Nashville, Tennessee, um, where I was speaking about games in education and leading some Minecraft workshops. Um, which is so exciting because, as you all know, we haven't been traveling for the last year and a half. And so um, it was really fun to be with teachers in person again. And maybe someday I'll be in person with you, Namia. That would be amazing. That would be an honor for me, Becky, to meet you personally. Oh, it would be so it would be so fun. So anyway, that's that's what I was up to the last couple of days. But mainly I... I just help make things happen. My title is a little bit boring, I think, Director of Operations, but mainly it means that I help guide uh, projects and programs to move forward. We get to work with big school systems, small school systems, individual teachers, helping make sure that they are doing what's best for kids and what works best for them in their classrooms. That's so great. And it's not boring because if you don't have guidance, those won't, the people who create things won't be able to make because uh, like I've also experienced that because uh, in the beginning also now, I always take guidance from my mother and the mentors. And if I probably won't get the guidance, I won't be able to make the required thing. So you're doing a great job, Becky, by giving guidance. That's important. Well, thank you. It is definitely something I enjoy and it allows me to work with lots of different people, which I also enjoy and to be able to help structure a variety of projects, whether it's doing training for a school system that some of our consultants are doing or designing training guides or helping teachers with curriculum. Um, it helps kind of keep my job exciting because I'm involved in so many different projects. Yes, you keep on getting productively busy, but you have to search about different things and you become a researcher in a way. When you yeah. have to think about things and then create them in your own creativity. Yes, and that's definitely something I enjoy is being able to think through 
you know, what, what makes something the best it can be. Um, that's one of my strengths. If you've ever done the Clifton strength finders, our team is really into that. And one of my top five strengths is maximizer, which means I love to look at something that we're doing and think about how I can improve it. That's good to hear. So I'll come to the next question for you, Becky. So since the beginning of your teacher, teaching career in a third grade classroom to becoming the director of Insight to Education, you've been a leader and inspiration to many in this worldwide sector, including me. So we'd love to hear about your journey. Oh, thank you. Well, um, it has been a journey. I've been in education in the United States for 20 years which is a milestone also to be thinking about my path for that long. And I always um, knew when I was little that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I just, I enjoy the spark of understanding that we see in children when they get to do something and it clicks in their minds. And so I started teaching young students and then um, most of my career has been attributed to the blessing of saying yes. So I've been um, asked to, to do things, to have opportunities. So for example, um, I was using lots of technology with my younger learners um, because it's just something that I have passion about. And so I was asked to teach in a very small proof of concept program where all the students you know, were issued laptops, were going home every day. And this was 16 years ago when one-to-one -one laptop programs were not widely adopted. And it was very exciting to be a part of a project that got, um, it ended up getting worldwide recognition because we were doing something that was kind of different. And it was very successful for lots of reasons, the staff involved, the parent community, the teaching, the best practices we were using, we got lots of support and lots of training. So when when our school system, we have about 30,000 students in the school district that I taught in called Kent School District. When we decided to move and our voters approved funding for giving a laptop to every student starting in 2008, I got to be a part of helping train the teachers with about 2,000 teachers around the school system who all needed support in how to do that. And so I moved out of the classroom into a supporting role. And then the knowledge that I gained doing that work for 10 years um, brought me into people asking if I would be willing to help other school systems around the United States, because then I had all this experience, um, you know, working with one-to-one -one and working with ed tech. And um, I had presented around the country based on what we were doing that was kind of a front runner. And so, so much of what I've been able to be a part of is attributed to many, many people, not just myself, where I had great leaders who were visionary and who, you know, made, made programs happen that weren't happening anywhere else in the United States. It's currently the longest running, <clears throat> excuse me, one-to-one -one initiative, um, which is pretty amazing and, and really cool to be a part of all of that starting so it's just kind of grown from there. And I started, you know, traveling and working with other education systems. And, and then I had the amazing opportunity to speak at Microsoft um, education forums globally, starting way back in Barcelona in 20. 
14 is when I started meeting educators really, you know, from around the world instead of just here in the United States. And that has been the, the most impactful thing in my journey is to be able to see what's happening in other places and find so often that teachers have so much in common. They all want what's best for kids. They all have challenges that are at their local level, um, you know, that are causing them to have to brainstorm solutions. And, and ultimately, when we get together, uh, we all laugh about, you know, funny stories and talk about ways that we can help make each other better. And, and that has been such a blessing to be a part of. Your entire journey is so inspirational for people to hear. It just started like from a third grade teacher to now the director of Insight to Education. So it's so great to hear. And I, what one thing that I loved about it is like, uh, you try to find out the problems which are happening and then give out the solutions to them because uh, people provide solutions which are important because we need to actually capture the problem. And all teachers have the same thing that they want the best for the students. And I have actually experienced that in my own school too. And all teachers have the same thinking that we want the best for students. And that's when we invert the technology to give them the best to the students by using some game-based tools or even some platforms or some programs that entrust them in the classes. Mm -hmm. Yes, and the solution can be different for different teachers because yes. of you know what they're trying to teach or their student demographic, um, things that, for example, um, I was just helping Chicago public schools get started with eSports in the last couple of weeks. And one of the things that they pointed out is that their students their students don't work in, in gardens necessarily. They're inner city kids. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're not at going to zoos. They're not doing some of the things that exist in the esports worlds that were released by Immersive Minds and Microsoft um, promotes yeah. the make and model worlds. And so they had a, a need to make sure that they chose a world for their esports tournament that they felt their students could relate to or would have high interest in. Yeah. Um, and so those types of challenges are are different depending on who you're talking to and what what their goals are. And I, yes. I like that part of the process. Right, because everything that matters for a teacher is to know what the students like and how they can learn. And that is like a way for teachers as well to use different resources and to keep on improving the things that they're using and have a level up on each thing mm -hmm. that they keep on inventing. Right, right. I remember this tool called Next Lesson, which has been, yes. it's still around. It's been around for a long time. Um, but one of their big strategies is to always use high interest content. And so, you know, they might have a math um, lesson and the teacher actually gets to choose the, the topic. So maybe the students are doing a math lesson and they're using movie statistics, right? Like viewership oh. statistics to do their math lesson. And they're, they give students real data from real movies. And as a teacher, you get to choose which movie data you use so that you're using data that's really interesting to your kids. Maybe it's the Harry Potter series or the Star Wars series or some the Mission Impossible series, something else. 
And I, I love that concept because it's giving kids authentic, real information that right. is exciting and interesting to them. Right. I think this tool is going to be used a lot now, as you just mentioned it. So people can come back to it as uh, it's still being used by people. Mm, yeah, it's it's really a neat, a neat little a neat little tool. Next lesson. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. been around for a while. I'm going to check it out soon. So my next question for you is that I know you work as a board member at Digital Labs, which I love a lot. That is a game-based learning platform. And you have a plethora of case studies and best practices on mm -hmm. how to use games in the classes uh, to improve the student engagement. So can you tell us about that and also let our audience know what that exactly is? Oh, absolutely. So Digital Labs is a game-based learning platform uh, experiential learning uh, nonprofit. And it started because the the two people who own Insight to Execution where I work, Kim and Daryl West, um, kind of made a partnership with Stephen Reed, who lives in Scotland, and who I know you know. And they came together and said, you know, they felt like something is missing in education. They felt like there wasn't there wasn't a way to give teachers, and I just talked about this, customized, relevant content for them to use Minecraft, HoloLens, you know, mixed reality, other experiential um, content with their students. And most teachers don't, don't have the time. We all know how busy teachers are and how much workload is on their plates. So most teachers don't have the time to go create this you know, massive Minecraft world or HoloLens app, nor do they have the expertise because they're busy being amazing teachers. And so one of the things that we strive to do was to provide teachers with content and also with experiences that would allow them to, to really understand game-based learning and mixed reality experiences and see how those can impact their students. So one example that I have that I that I just think is a great example of our um, our vision start to finish is we had a partnership with the Washington State History Museum, which is here 30 minutes away from my house in Tacoma, Washington. And what we did is um, Stephen Reed and his team created a replica of the museum itself in Minecraft. Then we held an event for teachers and for students and parents. And we had a whole day at the museum where people could come explore the Minecraft museum from inside the museum. It was a little bit like Inception. <laughs> and what was neat about that is it gave students and, and teachers and parents an opportunity to see the connection between the physical world and the digital space. And then we allowed students to explore the physical museum and then come back to the computer lab that we had set up and experience the digital museum and then add a new exhibit to that museum based on what they felt was missing in the real museum um, in the real world. And so that's just an example of being able to experience both physical and digital spaces in a really connected way that that was very engaging to kids. That's true. And it's quite eminent to know that because when the children are knowing about the digital world, 
uh, it's also like if you talk about game based learning it's always not just using a game to explain we can always use like physical things and practical things and always link that to the game because there might be some children who might not understand with the game as well and also that's a lot of screen time that takes up uh, the entire way so it always has to be a mixture of practical and stem based and game based learning the children get to know with all the kind of concepts they uh, connect them together and then uh, learn properly and uh, i also knew about one of the things stephen told me about that they took some kind of pyramid like that and they covered that up with sand and then they told children to find out what's behind bring them there was some structure i don't remember but that was a great idea for children to have like uh, we can say treasure hunt Yes, he designed kind of an archaeology experience yeah. in Minecraft, right? Where they would dig through the sand and then and then find, um, you know, actual, uh, well, like replicas of fossils or you know relics that you might find. Um, and and Fidgetal, the name Fidgetal Labs, comes from combining the the physical and the digital experience. So yeah. you know, it's exciting to think about kids doing doing you know learning in the real world and then bringing that into a digital space which really just enhances the physical experience that they might have we might not have kids who can go you know see the pyramids at giza or experience vesuvius erupting in pompeii but we can show them those things in a game and then they can connect those experiences to things in their real life which solidifies their learning and adds a lot of authentic relevance to the student experience. And that's what yes, Lachlan said. Yes, I agree with that. So yeah. I have a question with you for you that what has been an experience which has been the most adventurous for you? Um, in 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 life, <laughs> like yeah, in life. Okay. Yeah. Um. Oh gosh, the most adventurous. So. Mm. Oh, you're springing this on me. So I guess one of the things that I am the most adventurous about when I travel is food. I love food. I love to eat. <laughs> um, and I like to try new things. So if I'm somewhere, um, anywhere, like last night I was in Nashville, Tennessee, um, the first thing I look at, at a, on a menu is something I've never eaten. Oh, um, nice. So that's usually what I order if it's something I've never had. And that's um, a way that I am adventurous. Um, I definitely enjoy um, just new experiences. I love walking around new communities and seeing the architecture and exploring without a plan or without a map. Um, and just kind of ending up where the the wind blows you when you're in a new place. I try to come in a day early if I can and and just walk around and see what's there. And one of those things for me is enjoying fresh new food that I've never had. That's good to know. And you know, that reminds me when you said when you have no maps and you just take whatever the wind takes you. It reminds me of when I went to Finland with my mother and we were actually in Helsinki. I, if I'm not wrong, I don't know, Hivaskala or Helsinki. We were somewhere beneath, um, somewhere near to that area. So mm -hmm. um, 
we actually the internet was not working in there because uh, we had not um, actually connected to the wi-fi and we don't didn't know the password and we hadn't reached the hotel yet so we it took us like when we reached to helsinki it took us almost probably an hour to find the hotel but <laughs> when it was morning it was just a five minute route from there oh no so <laughs> that's what happened and like in the morning we were like oh shit <laughs> that is so fun but i bet you saw so much of the city and then you've probably found things you wanted to go back and explore later right yeah yeah yes. i love that it's fun to think about you know all the things that were missing because we were busy focused on a plan when if we had given up our plan and just gone exploring we would experience so much more in life yes so how do you think uh, uh, teachers can use game-based learning and STEM all together? So I think, so one of the things that I always talk about when I have this topic is there are three, three things, in my opinion, that teachers can do to really get started thinking about games and STEM. One is that they can learn a little bit themselves, just enough to get students interested and get students started and maybe teach a very small lesson, maybe something about literacy or history or, or you know, fractions, basic numbers, that that's just a very simple way to get started. Lots and lots and lots of games out there either prepare students to learn something new or review a skill students already have. Maybe it's an executive function skill like learning how to follow directions or complete a task. Um, or it might be a game that teaches kids actual content, but no matter what the game is, teachers can get started by experiencing the game themselves in a very small way and then allowing students to be a part of that. Some of the, some of the games have, have content, have these, you know, Minecraft is certainly an example of all these lessons that are available that teachers can use, download a world, get started right away. But some teachers just aren't ready for that or don't have the time or don't have the resources. And some teachers are so locked in to a required standardized curriculum that tells them what to say and when to say it and what day and what lesson they should be on that they don't have the freedom to you know, navigate away from that into an environment where they have lots of choice. So one of the things that those teachers can do is offer Minecraft or other games as an option. So often in education, we provide students with a menu, right? We say, show me, show me what you know about this topic, about plant and animal cells. And we ask students to show us that knowledge and we give them lots of options. Maybe they can create a video or create a poster or create a physical model. And one of the things we can do in education is just say yes to using games. So we might tell kids, hey, you can build a model in Minecraft or you can build a model in HoloLens if we have access to mixed reality or other, you know, Oculus, other mixed reality platforms, mixed reality viewer in Windows. We can merge cubes. We can ask them to, to to be a part of that experience simply by saying yes and without having to provide a specific lesson or a specific piece of content. And I think that's the most powerful. Um, it's one of the things I've said a long time in education is if we allow our teachers to simply say yes to students, we will be able to see 
lots and lots of wonderful changes because students will ask for those changes. Yes. Like I said now, yes, you have to say yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And part of the thing that concerns me always is when I see education systems that have really locked down the student experience mm -hmm. to a very minimal level. They're, you know, fear-based decision-making where we give them a really simple device and we we limit what they can do on that device and it makes a lot of no um, for kids. And so I love the opportunity to be able to say yes and, and also to say, I, I may not have an idea. I'm not giving you a menu. I'm just letting you decide how you can show me that you know this information in a way that that meets some standards. And that's a really exciting place to be as a teacher when you can open those doors. Right. We also learn quite many lessons when we use game-based learning with STEM. Like our games actually prepare students who want to like apply for the STEM phase in the future and work for that. And I yes. think kids like the hard fun of gaming. Like when we have certain things happening, so they learn what exactly is fun in it and how hard it is. And then actually it becomes hard fun where we learn and also we're able to take the hard towards the simple because we can actually understand what exactly is happening. Uh, mm -hmm. They also, I think, help in um, providing and introducing each grade level concept, like if it's a STEM concept of grade nine, games can be used there as well. And one thing uh, I think I have learned is, it also, it's not like you just play games, you can also create your own. And that's like the best STEM concept. You learn all the concepts, science, technology, engineering, maths, everything is included when you create your own game. So I think it's quite interesting. Yes, oh, I, I completely agree. I think if I was back in a classroom teaching, I would probably do a lot of things differently than I did in 2007 uh, when I transitioned to supporting other teachers, but I get to see what other teachers are doing and I get to, to you know read about, Stephen got me started reading the handbook for game-based learning. And it's all these case studies of learning outcomes improving and, you know, students being more involved because of the dynamics of games that we don't have in any other experience. We don't have curiosity and fantasy and quick responses in other types of lessons. And games provide us with those things. Right. I've actually experienced that as well, because if I be honest, in some of the classes which I've attended, there are just five children speaking in the class and rest of them are like, they're quiet. But when if it's like a game, then everybody's like, ma'am, we want to learn about that. Now, just like the thinking pattern changes, because it's like a thinking in mind that we don't want to learn from book, we want to learn from visuals and games. And that's what entrusts the students a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and I love that you're offering that perspective, you know, as a student, as a child who's learning in the world, and you're able to give that authentic voice and say, this is this is what's more engaging to learn. Um, it's, you know, it's not more engaging. We we still have to learn how to write essays and how to read novels and literature and study maps. Those things are all exist, but the skills that are required to do those activities can be practiced in games. 
Agreed. So I have one more question for you that you're the co-author of Microsoft Education Sale, The Seven Seas. So what exactly is the subject of this book? So I, I knew you were going to ask that. So I have a copy right here. Just oh, so, nice. Just so people can see. Yes. So Kathy Krasnowski and I published a book a year ago. It's been a year, which is crazy, um, called Sale, The Seven Seas. And it covers... Um, what we call the seven C's, the letter, right? It's a play on words. And I will turn to that page in this book. So here we have the seven C's, community, collaborators, communicators, creators, critical thinkers, computational thinkers, and change makers. And for each one of those C's, there is a chapter in the book that, that shares stories from around the world. We interviewed 30 teachers on the six inhabited continents who are making a difference for kids because of the way they approach instruction in, you know, possibly a very non-traditional way. And so this, the people in this book, most of them I have met and hugged and, you know, have connected with over the years, Kathy as well, because we've had the opportunity to travel and meet these people. And I would love to visit all of their classrooms and see what amazing work they're doing. Um, but the book we use Microsoft Education tools, but we also know that everything in the book can be done with a variety of platforms. So yes, it's available on Amazon. Um, it's it's available wherever you buy books. Probably um, I've you know seen it on several different sites: Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Half Price Books, those types of sites. Um, and what I think is is the most wonderful compliment is that teachers all over the world have read our book. It's being used at the university level for pre-service teachers to read. Um, it's being used for um, professional learning communities and school systems where they're getting together and talking about the strategies and the stories that are in the book and then thinking about how they can apply that into their classroom. And then the, another thing I'll point out to you is that throughout the book, there are these QR codes where you can watch with Flipgrid augmented reality, speaking of you know mixed reality, um, you can learn from educators around the world who are speaking in their own voices about the content that is in the chapter. Um, and then we also have a little, a little piece of the book called Get Ready to Set Sail, which is where we give a challenge for teachers to go try something out in a really simple get started kind of way. So it's not a, it's not a, a user guide. There aren't screenshots and step-by-step -step directions because we can find those anywhere on the internet. Yeah. Um, these are stories that that needed to be told. Yes, stories need to be told. And what I understood from this, I think these are the first six things are basically what make the change makers. Because when they step into the community, they become collaborators, then communicators, then content creators. They become critical thinkers, computational thinkers, and finally, we become change makers. Yes, and that is completely true. And I love that you summed it up that way, because in the book we talk about um, in the change makers chapter, so many of the stories there are accumulation of all the other C's. They've built a strong classroom community. They're working together to solve actual real world problems. They're building knowledge together. They're sharing their learning with wide audiences. They're thinking through problems and using 
you know, algorithms and extraction, abstraction and decomposition in all areas of content. And, and then because of that, they're so empowered to go out and change the world, whether it's in their own school or in their own families or the community or beyond. Right. Now, if I have your permission, Becky, I would love to show some comments that have been coming up for you. Absolutely. Okay, so we have the first comment by Miss Monica at 8.15. She was looking forward. Thanks, Monica. And we have uh, Miss Amanda Macias here. Thank you so much for joining. Hi, Amanda. Good to see you. Me too. <laughs> so we have Miss Gurpreet here. Thank you so much for joining, ma'am. Hi, Gurpreet. Thanks for joining. We have Dr. Brian Sanders. Thank you so much for joining. Hey, Brian. West Coast represented today with Amanda and Brian. Cool. We also had Amanda. She is one of the person I was actually training about Minecraft. She joined here as well. Oh, how fun. That's awesome. Dr. Brian says, play 10. Yes, each one teach 10, and then we play 10. Yes. Because That's an upcoming teachers. project. We have uh, Ms. Tohita here. Thank you so much for joining. Hello, good evening. And we have Ashima, ma'am. Thank you so much for joining, ma'am. Your join always gives me motivation. And we also have Ms. Preeti here. Thank you so much for joining. Good evening, Preeti. We have my principal, Ms. Bupinda Gogia, and she has a message for you. I love it. Nice to meet you, Bupender. This is definitely something that, that I care a lot about. Thank you so much. And we also have Ms. Gurpreet Kaur. And who else do we have in here? Let's see. Amanda Picker just jumped in. There's a, another familiar name. Hi, Jalinder. Oh, but it's not. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's just an account. Nice. Okay, we have Mr. Deepak here. It's okay, sir. No problem. We have uh, Miss Amanda Pickett. Thank you so much for joining, ma'am. Thanks for being here, Amanda. And thank you for the kind words. And I think this is the live stream where I've been having the most number of comments. Oh, well, we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> so... Amanda squared, right? Amanda squared, squared. Yeah. yeah, right, <laughs> right. So I have some final questions for you, and that is, where can we find you online? You can find me online, kind of all over. Um, if you just, you know, do a web search for Becky Keen, I think I'm the first one that comes up most of the time. But I'm BeckyKeen.com at Becky Keen, I'm on all the social media platforms, not TikTok, but all the, <laughs> all the other ones as Becky Keen or Becky Keen EDU, um, if my name was already taken when I joined, which happened a couple times. Um, so yeah, if you go to my website, beckykeen.com, that links to everything. So if you're looking for the book or, you know, one of my social media connections, or even just to contact me, I also have a newsletter that comes out every month full of spectacular news, um, and you can sign up for that there. So my website's probably a good landing landing page. I send that in the chat box. You yes. can all check it out right now. Thank you. 
Okay, so my final question for you that uh, we'd love to have a message that you would like to give to our audience. Um, I think that we will go back to what I said before. Um, and my call to action would be, if you can do everything in your power to say yes to kids, um, then I think the world would be a very different place. When we think about what kids want out of their education and what they would like to do to show you their learning, what they would like to go out and achieve um, is, is really very different than what we had 20 years ago when I started teaching or 40 years ago when our veteran teachers started teaching. We live in a different space. And so listening to what kids need and being able to say yes to them in every way that we can really gives us an opportunity to develop future change makers that will impact our world for the better. Right, and I heard you also talk about adventures and education with adventures. So I heard about this quote that says, blessed are the curious for they shall have adventures. Because <laughs> if we have curiosity, then we'll have adventures in life. So I think I would like to end by saying that quote. I love that quote. I, I need that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll actually we'll make a t-shirt that says hashtag say yes. Yes. Oh, even better. <laughs> and Amanda asked a question. What was the name of the book? It's the handbook for game-based learning. It's really academic. It's not something you'd read on the beach, <laughs> but a really <laughs> resource, really nice resource. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, Becky, for joining on my podcast and giving such beautiful insights to our audience joining here. And I'm sure they're going to take back many of the insights that you shared and they're going to implement that in the classes. So once again, thank you so much, everybody, and Becky for joining. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining. And I'll see you in the next episode. Till then, each one teach 10. And have a beautiful and nice day.